This is Peter Fabricant, social media editor for the Journal of Issacos, here to introduce the September issue of the journal. In addition to an introductory editorial by our editor-in-chief, Professor Nick Van Dyke, this issue contains a series of systematic reviews as well as two state-of-the-art articles. All of the articles in this summary may be found in the September issue of the Journal of Issacos, as well as online at jsacos.bmj.com. While the journal is officially published every other month, the website is updated in real time as manuscripts are finalized. This issue's editorial by Professor Van Dyke discusses the difficulty in treating patients with isolated patellofemoral arthritis and is called Anterior Knee Pain and Patellofemoral Arthritis, What Should We Do? Recent good midterm results using second-generation patellofemoral arthroplasty prostheses has renewed interest in patellofemoral joint replacement. However, does patellofemoral arthroplasty offer an improved outcome over total knee arthroplasty? And how does patellofemoral arthroplasty affect the outcomes after total knee arthroplasty in those patients who require revision for eventual tricompartmental osteoarthritis? Professor Van Dyke discusses these issues and uses the editorial to introduce this month's systematic review by Vasta et al. That systematic review, entitled Current Design Onlay Patellofemoral Arthroplasty Implants Have Similar Complication and Reoperation Rates Compared to Those of Total Knee Arthroplasty for Isolated Patellofemoral Osteoarthritis, was performed by an international group of authors who sought to answer several important questions surrounding patellofemoral arthroplasty when compared to total knee arthroplasty. These included discerning the difference in revision rates, difference in conversion to total knee arthroplasty between inlay and onlay patellofemoral arthroplasty, and the rate of revision to total knee arthroplasty due to progression of osteoarthritis. Their review of 38 primary articles revealed a lack of high-level evidence, but did indicate that newer onlay implants have similar complication and reoperation rates to those of total knee arthroplasty. Although tibiofemoral osteoarthritis progression occurred in a high number of patellofemoral arthroplasty patients, which accounted for about a third of revisions and drove the finding of an increased revision rate compared to total knee arthroplasty. It seems as though we need better methods of detecting the difference between isolated patellofemoral osteoarthritis and tricompartmental osteoarthritis, which we know is a biologic process, with a predominance of patellofemoral wear and symptoms in order to properly select the correct patients for patellofemoral arthroplasty. That said, newer patellofemoral arthroplasty implants have improved outcomes when compared to the first generation technology. In another systematic review in this month's issue, Horner et al. performed a study entitled Early Evidence Reports Positive Outcomes After Osteochondral Grafts and Chondrocyte Transplantation in the Hip, a Systematic Review. With the ever-expanding technological advances in cartilage restoration and interest in joint preservation, the use of osteochondral grafts and chondrocyte implantation have been expanded to joints other than the knee, including the hip. In this systematic review, an international team of hip surgery experts review the existing literature on the techniques and outcomes of cartilage restoration in the hip joint. To date, 32 studies have evaluated 262 patients. Osteochondral grafts and chondrocyte implantation has been used to treat focal osteochondral defects with a mean follow-up of just over two years. Overall complication rates were 3.4% and further surgery was required in 9.5%. The authors concluded that while existing literature is limited to short-term outcomes, low rates of complications are seen when these techniques are used to treat focal osteochondral defects 
greater than 2 square centimeters in young patients. They then recommended a period of 6 to 12 weeks of protected weight bearing following these procedures. The September issue of the journal features two state-of-the-art articles, one on hip arthroscopy and the other discussing anatomic PCL reconstruction. In the first, Lee, O'Donnell, Villar, and Safran present an excellent review on the current state of hip arthroscopy. Technological advances and surgical techniques for hip arthroscopy have experienced a rapid growth in recent years. In addition to the treatment of loose bodies, labral tears, and FAI, the authors review several applications of hip arthroscopy, including cartilage restoration, decompression of the AIIS subspine impingement, ligamentum teres reconstruction, synovectomy for PVNS, curatage of osteoid osteoma, and treatment of external coxosaltans and trochanteric prosectomy in the extraarticular space. Historical perspective is also given, making this a comprehensive article and an excellent review for all hip arthroscopists. In the second state-of-the-art review entitled Anatomic Posterior Cruciate Ligament Reconstruction, State-of-the-Art, Chala et al. reviews the anatomy, biomechanics, injury characteristics, and diagnosis of PCL disruption. Further, this international group of knee ligament experts lends their insight into the development of a treatment algorithm and surgical considerations for PCL reconstruction, as well as post-operative rehabilitation. Although rarer than other ligament injuries in the knee, such as ACL tears, this article provides an excellent overview of PCL injuries and treatment strategies and will be of interest to all sports knee surgeons. Thank you for listening to this podcast review of the Journal of Visicos. All of the articles in this summary and others may be found in the September issue of the journal, as well as online at jsacos.bmj.com. <music>